Welcome to the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon presented by Tuckasegee Fly Shopping Guide Service. Located at 3 Depot Street, Bryson City and 530 West Main Street, Silva, North Carolina. Tuckasegee Fly Shopping Guide Service is your number one stop prior and after your epic fly fishing adventure in Western North Carolina. Tuckasegee Fly Shopping Guide Service proudly carries industry leading brands such as Sims, Orvis, Corkers, Sage, Rio, Scientific Anglers, Hatch, Nautilus, Lampson, Fish Pond, Scott Fly Rods, Echo, Umqua, Hairline, Nature's Spirit, Peak, Norvice, plus a large selection of flies and streamers. Check out www.tuckflyshop.com for streamflow information, book a guided trip, or even shop for your favorite Tuckasegee Fly Shop gear. Follow the crew on Facebook at Tuckasegee Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and on YouTube at Tuckasegee Fly Shop. Here in our Silver Studios today, we have Coach Del Diesel Collins, Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett, and I'm your host, Shannon Big Mess Messer. Let's jump in to today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon, with a little bit of root beer from the convenience <laughs> center today, conveniently located at Tuckasegee Fly Shop. Yes, everybody, welcome back. Bobby, Bobby's in the studio with us. Coach Dell Diesel Collins is still out on assignment in Webster, North Carolina, so uh, he's uh, got everything under control out there, and it is February. 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 It's National Pizza Day. National Today. Pizza Day. Nice. Are you going to eat pizza now? I'm going to go home and make a pizza. All right. What kind? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. I got these really cool pepperonis that I don't know how they do it, but they curl up like they become a cup, and so the br- the edges get really crispy. Oh, it's so good. Wow. Yeah. Specialty pepperoni. They actually say it on the package. Really? Yeah. Wow. I must be how thinly it is sliced, potentially. I think it's that they don't take the casing off the outside of the pepperoni. Gotcha. And it makes it, it's like that expansion contraction, so it makes it curl up. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I got gotcha. you. I had to guess. Yeah. It's like bologna. Did you ever make fried bologna sandwich? I love fried bologna. If you didn't put the little cut in the middle, it, like, I did. it would it's like, like just. Boom, man. Fried yeah. bologna. It's yeah. like you put that on a piece of light bread and it's gone on like three bites. Man. Why was it just like so fast? I don't know. I love some fried bologna. It's like drinking a Yoohoo. Yeah. And let there be light. Yeah, yeah. If y'all see the light going crazy today, we got a problem with our overhead light. But hey, that means we're talking the truth. They like fried bologna. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the fried bologna. All right, Super Bowl's over, and uh, baseball season's here. Baseball season is here. Some trades and stuff like that being made out there. But glad the Super Bowl is behind us. That's a positive step in the right direction. That life is slowly getting back to normal. Yeah. It's good to have some sports there. But with that being said, you think about February, you start to think about, you know, we're not too far away from spring, the birds are chirping and the butterflies are flying. It was warm today. Yeah. 60 degrees or so. Nice. After we got snow on, what night was that, Saturday night? Saturday was interesting. If you folks seen the, uh, the little snippet of me out there on the stream, I got out there and just started like sputtering snow while you were out there. Mm-hmm. What time it, was that? Like in the afternoon? It was in the afternoon, yeah. uh, but it was snowing up on black balsam yeah. up on the mountain, but it was man, probably 39 or so. I mean, it was cold. Uh, you could feel the moisture in the air Yeah, though. And the flakes were come down and they were, you know, they had some, uh, some ump to them when they hit, you heard them hit you. So they might've had a little ice in them. No, it wasn't, it wasn't nice. It, you know, it was, was definitely, it was just a flake. A lot of water in them. Mm-hmm. It was a heavy moisture content snow. Yeah. But the great thing about it, it was real pretty that evening. And by Sunday afternoon, you could be out. Yeah. In some places sooner, depending on if the sun hit it or not. So that snow came and went pretty quickly. However, there's still a lot on the north side waiting around for that next snow event, whenever that'll be. Yeah. For sure. Man, I drove home last night and my road was nasty. Like just ice and slick and stuff. I actually slid in one spot. Back tires went in the ditch. Oh. Luckily luckily it came out. Yeah. 
But yeah, hopefully after 60 degrees today, maybe all that's gone. I hope. That freezing and thawing effect here for us in the mountains, if you folks aren't too familiar with it, you get that freeze and and thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw, and then it just gets soft. Your roadbed just gets so soft um, there. And that's something to keep in mind if you're out there fishing some of these places that are a little bit more remote that are on a road like that. This time of year, you can get some soft spots in the road and it feels like you're going to sink down and set on your frame. And if you do that, uh uh-oh, you're stuck. Literally, you're sitting on the ground. That's not great. But, uh, yeah, so today we're going to hop into another episode or a series on fishing here locally, and we're going to hit probably the North Carolina side of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Also, we'll get into a guide tip, a fishing report, and just want to go ahead and plant the seed for next week. We're going to have some special guests on here. The guys from Good Buddy Fly Fishing from Georgia will be on here. So if you are on YouTube and you're watching this on YouTube, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button if you would, please. Be Feel free to share this with your friends and others out there. But go ahead and look up Good Buddy Fly Fishing there on YouTube. Watch their videos. They're just like, I think it says it, they're good buddies. And they go fish. They're just like anybody that walks through the shop here. They just like to go out and fish. Everybody could be good buddy fly fishing. That's right. Good buddy fly fishing. So looking forward to that coming up uh, next week for sure. Heck yeah, man. I'm excited to talk about the park. Yeah. Just want to remind everybody, we know that Hatchery Supported Water is going to close the month of March. Just throw this reminder out there, a public service announcement. You can still fish your delayed harvest waters. Yep. During the month of March. So I just want to throw in that public service announcement. That's right. Brought every, to you every, every week we're going to mention it. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> hey, do you, do you know if the tribe's doing like their shutdown thing? Because they usually close. Yes, they do. They do the two weeks at the end of March. Yeah. And then, let's see, they open up a week earlier than the state water. Yeah. Does. So we'll, yeah. we'll check on that and mention mm-hmm. that on the podcast, too, to make sure everybody's up to date. Because I know they do that usually. I know last year was a weird year, and I think they closed down everything because the, the whole reservation was closed. They did. So this year, I'm sure they're doing at least the, some of those rivers will be closed. So Yes. Um, Andy fished over there, and he caught a 22-inch rainbow, I believe, over there. Up, really? Up, up, up in the, the waters up in the Cherokee area. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. On some hooks, bought a tuxedo flashing. <laughs> <laughs> and we got plenty of hooks. Oh, good. Own little creation, man. That's absolutely. Funny. So, yeah. So, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park is the most visited national park in the United States. And surprisingly, I have learned over the years, Bobby, that a lot of folks don't realize that when they come here. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think most people don't realize that, you know. And the, the cool thing is, is there's so much to explore in it. You know, and I don't think a lot of people go that deep into it, you know, because unfortunately there's not a lot of roads. It's not like Yellowstone where you got a big loop that goes through. And even then in Yellowstone, there's a lot more to explore. But it's like we really have one main road and the rest of it's, you know, some side roads and gravel roads and stuff. So, you you know, prepare to hike a little. If you want to see a lot, you got you to gotta be willing to put some miles on your feet, which is that's how you get away from folks to get that solitude. So, Absolutely. We got a lot of people that come here. We, I think, we hear it quite a bit in Bryson City Shop. Is that they say they come to the quiet side of the park, and yeah. definitely North Carolina seems to be more quiet compared to the Tennessee side. And not taking anything away from the Tennessee side of the Smokies, you just have that big draw over there of the, of the Gatlinburg, as we call it, kind of the beach in the mountains. But the point that Bobby hit on there momentarily. Very few people venture no more than a half mile away from their car when visiting the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Now, this is according to stats from the Park Service themselves. Yeah. So a lot of folks never explore or see what the National Park has to offer. The biodiversity inside the Smokies is astronomical. They are still identifying plants and, and insects and stuff that's never been identified before. And there is a park entomologist, and certainly if you go to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park website, you can see this information. But you can um, take your phone and take a picture of something and send it to them, and they can identify that. There's actually an app that you can use for that. 
alongside that, though, you know, the National Park offers some excellent fishing opportunities. Some of that's going to be close to the road, convenience factor, and some of it requires some overnight camping to make it effective. You know, certainly a a one-nighter or two-nighter to make it worth your while when you get back there. But you're looking at species that's going to range from your your wild brook trout, your streamborn rainbows and streamborn brown trout, which were brought in here a long time ago to offset the damage that was done to the fisheries. One fact about the Smoky Mountain National Park is that it has not been stocked since 1975. Now, we know that sometimes fish, stocked fish, will run up into the park waters. Yeah. And the state of North Carolina stocks fish that are triploid, so they do not reproduce and they can't cross genetics with those other wild fish, so they don't deplete that gene pool. Yeah. From my understanding, too, some of the brook trout in certain areas of the park, like some of the purest strain of, of tr- like truly brook trout, like they haven't been cross-contaminated, I guess, genetically or whatever. So, you know, if you want to get those, you got to get high up in the creeks. You have to. And the park does a great job, and they've, they've done some stream restoration <clears throat> projects when it comes to brook trout fisheries. And when they go in and they repopulate that, they actually pull – brook trout from a stream inside the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. And this is actually done with volunteer effort. So yeah. if you want to volunteer and partake in that, you can do that. That means free labor. That means free labor, <laughs> but you get to learn stuff, a lot too. I, I have yet to do that. The only thing I've helped with is water sampling. But yes. Man, I watched some of those videos. I'm like, dude, those guys are working. They're working hard. <laughs> like they are, yeah. they don't don't go thinking. Oh, I'll just stand here and enjoy it. No, you're, yeah. they're going to put you to work. You're gonna you're gonna work. <laughs> the stream sampling is another important project that you can take part in. I know Doctor Dave down on Bryson City seems to do it religiously, but you I know, think he does it every time. You know, Heath has yeah. done it. I've done it. Um, some others here have have done it. But it's a great way to learn a lot of these other places because it's going to get you back with a buddy into an area you, you may have never explored before. Yeah. And, and yeah. these are places certainly that you can fish and you can learn about that watershed. Yeah. But it's great information that the park is gathering. You know, Matt Culp does a great job for the park service. He's the great Smoky Mountain National Park um, biologist or lead biologist for them. Great guy. Need to see if we can get Matt on, on here one day. He, he does a tremendous yeah. job. But the fishing in the Smokies is very technical. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's sometimes tight conditions, you know, is the best way. I mean, a lot of some what's the best way it's like fishing in a tunnel sometimes you know from you got stuff behind you stuff in front of you and stuff above you and uh if you're not paying attention the stuff above you seems to get you a lot especially when you go to do a hook if you don't do that sideways hook set buddy you're gonna be hung up above you you know what's it makes that even worse is like when you miss the fish yeah. Boom, and then it goes flying up. It's like a spring. You're like, oh, you got to do that downstream hook. No, I mean, I tell you, possible. That's right. The other thing too, you got to be aware of. You're talking about overhead. Is the bees nest in the summertime? Yeah, great point. The hornet's nest and stuff. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I've you don't want to bump into those. I've smacked one with a rod on Deep Creek one time. I think I've told this story on here about Dale running into the one on the Nantahala. This is not about the part where he hit it with his head. Tell a story. So me and Dale were helping a, a children's group that were staying at the the NOC, and it was it was basically kind of charity work in a way because they had a bunch of of kids that had uh, had some type of injury from burns and um, great cause. These folks come out of Florida; they try to do this trip every year. Anyways, me and Dale were helping with the kids, you know, trying to get them some fish and stuff. And we were up on on the Nantahala, and they. Uh, They'd went to get lunch or they were coming back from lunch or something. Anyways, it was me and Dale and we were just kind of scoping the water, seeing if we could see fish. And he's like, I'm going to walk down here and, and, uh, check this hole below us. And you know, it's a couple minutes later, I hear him kind of scream or something. I look down there (laughs) and he's waving his arms every which way. And I was like, what is he doing? So I kept watching and I didn't see him anymore. And I was like, oh, he's probably trying to tell me there's big fish or something. So I didn't, I didn't worry. Well, a few minutes later. Dale comes walking back up, and he is soaking wet. Now, luckily, it's mid midsummer, but he uh, he hit a hornet's nest with his head and had to dive into the water and completely submerge himself and like hold a rock to hold himself under because they were attacking him. 
So it's a pretty good story. He wow. can tell it better than me. Shoot, I could bet. <laughs> I bet. I haven't had one quite like that one. Uh, up there on Deep Creek, above where Indian Creek comes in, probably about five or six summers ago, I was up through there, but there was one on river left, but I didn't know, and I'm fishing up through there, and I hit that thing with my rod. So it's within eight feet of you. Probably. Oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah. I walked on water. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I walked on water. And then the other time that I had a close encounter was not quite on the park, but it was close to us. But I was fishing up one small creek, as, as Steve would say, Mesa Branch. But, I, you know, I'm working a hole, and I every once in a while you catch a bee kind of like fly in front of your face. Well, after two or three, it's like, what's going on here? And I look to my left and literally was it like head high eye level three feet away there's the nest and they're just going back and forth so i had not got in their path to disturb them yet but i was headed that direction yeah. i was going there so pay attention pay attention look for the hornets nest. Look, all around you left look, right up down yep um i've seen them on tiny little stick trees that you'd never think they'd yep. build on and for some reason they built on that tree so yep. um that's not a fun thing especially if you're allergic to it yes um, if you are, you should have an EpiPen with you, um, no questions asked, uh, especially in the summertime, but all the time be good. Not to mention, you know, every now and then you might get stung by an ant or something. Sure, even. absolutely. So, There's so many insects and bugs out there, yeah. so which really tends into the fishing you, when it leads into it, you think about the fish's diets. There's a lot of terrestrials in the park, and terrestrials work really, really well. Uh, inside the park. But um, keep that in your mind. A lot of people don't fish enough terrestrials around here, but terrestrials can be a great, great uh, food source for you, such as ants and beetles and inchworms yeah. and things like that can work really well. But some of the waters that we like to fish around here is going to be the Cunnelefty Watershed, which parallels Highway 441 mm-hmm. um, outside the boundary, but inside the Great Smoky Mountain National Park boundary. Also Bradley, Bradley Fork, um, as well, you got Kephart Prong, Deep Creek, Nolan Creek, which are both relatively close to our Bryson City location, Three Depot Street, Bryson City down there with the big brown trout out front. When you drive past it, you go right past the shop to those fine places to fish, Cataloochee Valley, Big Creek, um, you know, Straight Fort. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of places out there. There's a lot of good information. The unique thing about the Smokies is that it never closes. It's open 365 days a year. That's right. Um, you know, 30 minutes before sunrise and 30 minutes past sunset, however that necessarily goes. And you can harvest, you can possess five fish a day, seven inches or longer. It is a single hook artificial lure, but you can fish a maximum of two flies at a time in the park. Yep. So those are your regulations there. Uh, they don't have a regulation on what type of boot you have to wear. There's not a requirement on that here yeah. yet. So, um, so if you wear felt, you can wear felt. Um, that's that's no problem at all, and but those are your your basic regulations. Now there are some roads that will close this time of year, as you know, just because of weather that they close down. But but there's some places you can camp and stuff too. But it's it's a great place to come and explore. It's definitely my my favorite, and I there I will never see it all. No, there's no way because. What's the estimate of fishable streams in a couple thousand miles or something like uh, that? They advertise 2,000 miles. Yeah, so that's Tennessee and North Carolina side. But we, we actually have probably a little bit more water on our side, I guess, maybe. Not much, but maybe a little bit more, um, only because of Hazel Creek probably. A lot of it's remote, and that's a yeah. good point to bring up. So the park boundary, you get the north shore of Fontana Lake, and everybody kind of knows about the Hazel Creek. Um, real, real famous, I understand that. But um, to access a lot of that, you do have to boat across or you have to do a God, how many day hike to get into that place. It's a long hike. Most people probably would take them a couple of days where maybe a, what do you call those crazy hikers that can do like 50 miles a day? Whew, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might be able to get there pretty quick. They so. ain't stopping the fish. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're not stopping the fish for sure. But, uh, you know, the park offers you quite a bit of different things in your, your state waters. The fact that they are wild. Um, you're looking at fish. It's going to be, you know, any you could catch a fish as small as two inches in there, a little oh, wild yeah, rainbow. The size of your pinky, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. He's like, how's it hanging on? Yeah. And how's it on my fly? That's exactly. That's um, crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So don't expect to get, you know, huge, huge fish. Not that the brown trout can get up to to twenty plus inches in there. Mm-hmm. However, they're that size for for a reason. They're smart. They're smart. They are. They are smart for sure. 
but I'm seeing a pretty good resurgence in the in the brook trout. Yeah, definitely in a lot lower elevations for sure. So you actually have a chance on the kind of left ear, on straight fork, or on Bradley fork to to get on. You know, maybe catch a brook trout. Not you're going to get tremendous numbers, but but you have a chance to do that for yeah. sure. And and what do you think is probably the like season for brook trout? Like when would you start fishing and maybe ending depending on weather conditions? Like starting in spring, what do you think? Is it March, April that th- they could probably get into brooks a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Water temps get about right. Sure, I, I think a lot of these places that we think about just going to get to brook trout, you have to look when is a road open to where I can get to a place to park. Yeah, to that's get a, a good trail. point too. A lot of those are like April first. A yeah, lot of those. Yeah, are, so yeah. it really depends on that. Uh, There's some places that you can go camp, uh, and you want to camp, use it at a base camp, and get in those places. So it may be a little bit later than you would on some of our state waters, which are close to the shop here. But if you think about Catalucci Valley, you get up there in Palmer Creek. So that's open. As long as the weather is permitting, you yeah. could get in there and get up in Palmer Creek. I've I've caught them back there and at 30-some degrees outside. So okay. water well, temp, totter temp's yeah. cold, yeah, yeah. of course, but uh, not wet waiting. But it's definitely plausible yeah. to, to do that. To still get into, yeah. get into a few. So, mm-hmm. um, But it's definitely more of a spring, summer, fall fishery for the brook trout. Because you're going to be fishing above 3,000 feet water temps, you know, because what was the water temp today over? It's 38. 38 in the park. So, yep. um, give or take, depending on what stream and stuff you are on. But, and that's uh, only 20-some hundred feet, too, where that yeah. gauging station is. Yeah, so, so if you're up at 3,500 feet or something, mm-hmm. it's going to be different for sure. Yeah. So, um, and then you got the browns and rainbows that are kind of below 3,000 feet, but some of those rainbows seem to get up above it too, depending on if they can get over some waterfalls or cascades and stuff. So um, it's good fishery, man. It really is. And it's just so beautiful. Like you see those little snapshots of all those little pools, and it's like, man, there's fish in every one of those. And that's what's so cool about it is as long as you don't spook them, you'll probably hook something if you just are tactical about it. So what's your favorite stream? Oh, out of all you know, of the North Carolina side, on the North Carolina that. side, that's, I mean, of course, my heart's in the valley, you know, yeah. Catalucha Valley. There's a lot of great water up there, a lot of fond memories uh, in that particular um, watershed up there with myself and, you know, me and my, both my boys up there and, uh, and other family and camping up there. It's just a great place for sure. Uh, we used to do a lot up straight for it. Yeah, you know, we used to fish straight fork quite a bit. I enjoy Bradley Fork. I do too. And Bradley Fork, there's just something about Bradley Fork. Yeah. I just that like the way it looks. It's got a great. It, it feels a little more open too, it, especially in the lower part yeah. above the campground. And if you folks are looking for a place to to bring your family in camp, that Smoke Mock Campground is a. It's got several loops on it. It's it's yeah. paved. Um, it's not a full hookup unless you're handicapped. They have some sites for that. But we like, you know, taking a camper over there in August, sept- no, September. It's after we get back from Montana. September, kind of earlier fall when it starts to cool off, leave it over there for a couple of weeks and yeah. kind of base out of that yeah, yeah, yeah. and fish around. And um, I like Bradley. Like you said, you kind of go up that one hill and you come down and you make that little turn and it does. It just, it it widens up in there. Yeah, and it's just some good water up there. It there. is. It's flat for a good ways. I've never fished that above Chastain, though. Oh, really? I've never gone oh, above no. it and fished. Me and Elijah Dell, we've, we've, we've been way back up in through there. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go fish that upper yeah. stretch of it. Yeah. I just haven't haven't I've, done it yet. I've been all the way back to Cabin Flats. Yeah. Uh, toward where Steve found the uh, the F-14, you know, piece of the, the aluminum airframe up mm-hmm. there. It It's pretty you get Twyla Branch that kind of comes in on the right hand side uh, up through there, but uh, you've got four about four and a half miles from the the gate to where you cross over the big metal. There's a big metal footbridge that goes across. Yeah. Before you start up toward Cabin's Flat, so it's flat for a while, no pun intended, and then you'll start an incline up. Yeah. It's not you know it's not like severe this, but, uh, but it's it's a very doable, very pretty. It yeah. is very pretty. Great water up through there. There's two really deep holes up through there that uh, I've seen some big fish, but I can't get on a move. <laughs> Down at the bottom, I mean, really, I've done a lot of things. Yeah. I've jigged stuff. I've done whatever, but I just can't get them yeah. to move. I still got a I still got a brown trout on Bradley that haunts me that I hooked. He was probably, I'd guess, an 18 or 20, and it was just a bad knot, like totally my yeah. fault. And 
completely lost him. Yeah. Man, still gets me. I know exactly the hole he was in, yeah. where he was, what rhododendron he was under. Yeah. Oh, it's I've never seen him again. So somebody either ate him or he moved on somewhere else. So I hope he moved on. I like Bradley Fork in the fall. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, I had some good – I've had some real good brown trout success up through there. Yeah. Uh, even around the campground area. Don't don't sleep on that area. Yeah. I mean, not everybody's in a campground's fishing. No, you no. Know, it's not I mean, that. I, I think if you hit it in those air, uh, hours when people are maybe making dinner and stuff, so they're, you know, they're not down there throwing rocks in the water and stuff, it's probably pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. So um, small water, like something that's – Ten foot wide, like hmm. what would you think? Like a Kephart prong size? Is you know, Kephart actually. Um, you know, when you start going up the mountain, you got a couple of those foot logs that you go across. Mm-hmm. It can start to get a little tight up through there with roto. Uh, but it's got, like you said, Man, there's it's, tons of little rainbows. There, there is. It's full of them up through there. It is full. That that is one certainly to explore. It's not for the faint of heart because when you start to go up, it's going to get it's going to get yeah. rougher because of the rhododendrons kind of coming in on you. That's one. Kanati Fork. I don't even know that one. Where's okay. that at? Kanati Fork is not too far from that. Really? Yeah. Does it you, run into the Econolofty, I guess? Is it, it would run, yes. It it would technically run into the Econolofty. I don't even know that mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's a little small one. It's on a map. I mean, I'm not saying nothing yeah, that people don't know about. It's there. But Kanati Fork um, is there. It's small. Actually, there maybe that picture, the brook trout on our uh, our trip sheet. Yeah. That brookie I'm holding is right there, Connaughty Fork. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But in the summer, there's a lot of briars and stuff. So you got to just got to be, just yeah. be careful. It's going to grow up. Watch but where it's, you're walking. Yeah. It gets prickly. It yeah. gets, it does get, it gets prickly up in through there. Another small creek, and I'll throw this out, and it's nothing that people don't know about already, is going to be Palmer Creek over yeah. in the valley. Yeah. Over Catalucci. Fish up through there in front of the Caldwell House. Uh, alongside the gravel road. That's where I take Braden. I always see fish right there at that little bridge that goes across to the house. They're always like up against that bank. Yeah. Man, just hugging mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So yeah. that's Got a good some, one. Got some real pretty fish out of there too. Yeah. It fishes. It's access- I guess, if, I guess it, if you fish on that road though, you're going to get asked a billion times, have you caught anything, right? Yes. <laughs> me and me, they got a story. Me and me and Ron, Ron uh, uh, from Texas, we spent two days together and I actually took Ron up there. I haven't taken a lot of people to the valley fishing, but on the second day we went up there and we fished Palmer Creek, but we went to the very end of the valley Yeah. and parked and we walked in and we fished way up past a uh, Messer branch, and this is the real Messer branch. This um, <laughs> this this one's on the map. This sure. is this is the real one. This this is the one that actually does exist. And we fished up past the Woody House to where Hurricane Creek and the other creek come together to kind of form the Palmer Creek. But when we got close to the house, because people were hiking up through there, I, I said, Ron, I said, let me handle this. Let let me <laughs> let me let me handle the questions. So Ron kept fishing, and of course, people, you know, curiosity kills the cat. So people are like, "Man, you catching any fish?" Man, we caught forty-seven up through here. You know, <laughs> you know, and just start throwing these out these ridiculous numbers at him. Which I mean, we did. We had a really good day. I mean, it was it was a half day trip and did really well. Uh, but that potential actually does exist. Yeah, between those rainbows up through there. In, in those in those brookies now with the heavy rains that we got last year re- there were some log jams that really kind of blow those out and destroyed that road up through there oh, that's we nice. couldn't even drive up to it you know we had to park down by the horse camp okay, and yeah. fish and this path yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back up in through there hopefully it probably kept some people out <laughs> uh, other than if you were back there camping because there is a backcountry campsite yeah. back there as well but the one thing to keep in mind in a lot of these places we're talking about is that the Smoky Mountains has a great population of bears. Yeah. A lot. There's a lot of bears. Per square mile, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty pretty heavy. For the most part, the bears stay to themselves. They see you. A lot of times, they'll turn and go the other way. Yeah. But you have to be aware of where you're at, your surroundings, and be alert of the bears. Now, you don't want to get between mama and cubs. Of course, you don't want to approach the bears, which I've seen people do that on the trails being stupid. Um, but most of the time, the bears are going to leave you leave yeah. you alone. So just know that bears are there. Bears, and 
And if you're going to these places, be prepared maybe with some bear spray. Understand your distances uh, that you need to be keeping from them and what to do in case there is a bear, um, something like that. If you're doing backcountry camping, there's cables up in these locations for you to hang hang your food and clean up, do all that stuff, folks. Public service announcement. We don't want to get in trouble. That's it. Just make sure you do the right thing. But uh, but I think that's another lure to this thing. If you the beauty that it offers is the fact I have been in the stream fishing, and you get that sense that something is not right or something is watching you. And for instance, I can there's a gorge section up on Straight Fork. I was fishing one evening, and and I'm waiting upstream, and I'm literally you know got a, I'm removing the hook out of the fish's mouth, and I turn to my right and down where 20 minutes ago is a hole that I had come up through. There's a bear in the middle of that just kind of looking at me, and it kind of looks, and then it goes on up. I mean, it just kind of lazily kind of goes on up the ridge up through there. So, I mean, that happens. Yeah. I've seen coyotes. I've seen elk. I mean, it's snakes. They're around. Snakes. Yeah, yeah snakes yeah. Snakes worry me more than bears. Yeah. And I'm worried, worried about the bees. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. bears never – I never really think twice about a bear, really. Yeah. It's more the snakes or the bees, yeah. The smaller stuff. Yeah. Especially the snakes. Man, yeah. I hate snakes. Mm-hmm. Gosh. And this is a, a place, too, that you can combine photography, fishing, and hiking all in one thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. We get plenty of questions in the shop. People are like, hey, I want to I fish, and, you know, my wife or my buddy just wants to hike. Um, you know, where can we go? And, man, tons of these have trails right beside the creek. Um, I'd say 80% of what's, you know, the major creeks in the park have a trail beside them. So, it's a great opportunity for that, for y'all to do some hiking, some fishing, you know, hang out, take a lunch, sit beside the stream, eat a sandwich, all that good stuff. Like, it's perfect for that. Um, so, I do it all the time. And it's fun to go when, when it's different, too. So, don't just go on, like, the perfect day. Go after a rain and, like, yes. see the river. The cascades are bigger. Waterfalls are bigger. Um, after a snow or after – man, that – what was it about two? Might be more than that now. Three years ago, we got so cold and everything like oh, froze. Yeah. Yes, I've got some great photographs of like frozen waterfalls and cascades and all that stuff. So you know, you go check it out. Even when it's like that, I know that some of that's not geared towards fishing, but man, it's just cool to go see it. You know, just to see that something that you've seen a thousand times like looks so different. Um, and with that being said, fish it when there's high water. Yes, don't be don't be scared after rain to go try to catch big boy yes. uh, or big mama. Yeah. Uh, trout because they uh when the park gets high and this isn't every stream because not every stream holds big fish but uh kind of the more valley streams deep creek the okuna lufty some of those that are closer to, or some of the ones that run into the lake um nolan or forney or hazel or any of those um those big browns you'd be surprised how many big fish you can catch just in a bank eddy or something um with a streamer so don't be scared to do that, even if the water's kind of off color and stuff. It's a perfect time to go fish it. So Shannon's got a whole table over here of streamers, and he's wanting to give you to go do it. So come by and grab one. We have one customer that the only time he goes fishing, yeah, is when the water's high. That's it. That's when he goes. So it's a it's a good time to go in there and explore it and try it, and um, don't go with the ex, you know the expectations of oh I'm going to catch a big fish today. Probably not. But you're going to catch a quality fish when you do. Or, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to see a quality fish flash on your fly or something. So they're in there. Uh, I think the biggest brown I've seen in Deep Creek caught, it was 26-inch brown. So um, that's on the very upper end, I'd say. There might be one bigger, but um, that's that's going to be the biggest. But I'd say, you know, 16 to 20 inches. there's pretty good numbers of those in there. You just never see them because they're under the bank sitting there waiting for something juicy. Yeah. They'll surprise you. Oh, yeah. When you least expect yeah. it, man, they will surprise you. That's that's when you, you, you think, you, you feel the, the strike, and you're like, oh, there's, oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> kind yeah. of surprises because you think, yeah. oh, here's another seven yeah. or eight incher, and mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, no. Yeah. It feels more like, oh, the light just came on. Yeah, he is. Then it feels like a log all of a sudden. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they definitely surprise you. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, that kind of western end. Of, of our area, the the uh, Hazel and Eagle, yeah. um, those. Those are really beautiful. They're just harder to get to. They're out kind of in the, They're out the middle of nowhere. The one all the way on the west end, the, the name's escaping my mind. Yeah, it just hit me all of a sudden, too. It hit Chioa. me. Best. Well, right going toward Chioa, 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 you, you. What is t- the name of that? Yeah. 
20 mile 20 mile thank 20 you. mile creek yeah you go park there you have to park you can't drive into it yeah but you pull up there and park and then wham and that's smaller as well it's just out there yeah it's a long haul it's to get over out there. there but if you're staying um i know a lot of customers stay at fontana village yes that's a great one because it's close to you there yes. or hop on the boat and go across from the marina and go to eagle or forney or well that, that one doesn't go to forney eagle or hazel mm-hmm. um the fontana marina will take you over so um, those are great ones to access if you're staying out there at Fontana Village. Um, so just kind of keep that in your back pocket. If if you know you're going there for something else, you might be able to spend a half day or day fishing on Twenty Mile because it is close. So those are great creeks. Um, the one thing I can tell you about like Eagle is it supposedly has more copperheads on it than anything. Just all the old timers will tell you watch out for copperheads on Eagle Creek. Yeah. Um, Hazel Creek's the biggest creek in the park. Um, it's the biggest watershed. I'd say it's roughly on the lower stretch in the first two miles or so. You're probably looking at 30 to 50 feet wide, depending on, you know, what you've got to deal with there and how the water flows. But, um, you know, everybody comes and wants to fish that. And it's awesome. I mean, it's it's definitely worth going seeing because you see uh, a lot of the old remnants of the, of the, the lumber town, uh, Proctor. Um, you can see part of the old factory and stuff like that that's still over there. Um, the Calhoun house is still there things like that. And I think there's like 17 or 18 cemeteries on Hazel Creek. So you can see a lot of that. Um, but honestly, the fishing over there is not epic like it's been brought out to be. There are some really nice Browns that our good buddy who passed away, Steve Claxton, actually had named. They wouldn't touch anything. You could stand there for four hours and throw stuff at them from behind them. They never saw you that you didn't spook them. They wouldn't eat, man. I can't tell you how many times we did that. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what else to do other than try to hit them with a rock. You know, like they just won't touch it. So um, just know that Hazel's an experience. Don't go over there thinking, man, it's Hazel Creek. We're going to catch 100 fish today because that's probably not going to happen. Um, it's more about going and, and checking it out. And that's one, if if you can, I would go camp overnight. I'd go spend a day uh, or at least a night, spend two days. If you can spend two or three days and walk in a little further, it's going to be even better go up to Bone Valley, those type of things. That would be a good one to to kind of spend the night on, I think. Um, but just be prepared, bear spray, hang all your food. You know, it's a, it's a walk. It's not a bad. The gradient's really easy. So it's just, you know, walking a few miles on a nice pretty trail and fishing a little along the way. So that's, that's one that everybody's going to, I'm sure, call us about and say, what about Hazel? So there's what everything we know about Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, um, you know, the other one that's kind of out there too, Bobby, it's in Haywood County, is Big Creek. Yeah. For us, Big Creek used to be a quiet, very unlikely place that people knew of. It's got like the swimming holes, right? The big deep. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, yeah. It's out, um, which you know people tend to overuse and under pick up their debris that they leave, you know, litter and things like that, which is very unfortunate. Big Creek is a fishery. It is best navigated via horseback. Yeah. And that brings up another point. Uh, With horses, you can access a lot of these places that, by foot is going to take you quite a bit longer. So you will see that the park has at these backcountry campsites, they have them to where some horses can be there as well as, and in some that can't, but Big Creek and Deep Creek, you yeah, can Deep horse Creek can take horses. Yeah. Yeah. Catalucci as well. There's places that you can do via horse. Nolan back. Creek. You can, yeah. A lot of people ride horses Absolutely. on Nolan. Sure yeah. can. So that is a unique way to do that. So if you know someone that has a horse, yeah. You can get back there and, and fish, and that's common with a lot of the local folks here who have horse. They yeah. they do that, take advantage of that. But Big Creek is out there, really big holes, big. It's not called Big Creek for nothing. It's big. <laughs> it's not big like Hazel Creek, but the amount of water coming through yeah. Big Creek. Yeah. You know, Jim Estes has got some great stories. Yeah, about, he stayed you know, up there like during the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some wonderful water all through that Sterling Gap area way down in through there. Um. But that one, now, what do you, and, and we know about this, but, uh, you know, Deep Creek. Yeah. Deep Creek's unique. Deep Creek's awesome. Now, the first two miles of Deep Creek gets a lot of pressure now. I think in the last 10 years, it's gotten known 
think some articles have been written about it, things like that. So, um, if you really want to experience Deep Creek, it's kind of like Hazel. I would I would spend a night or two up on you know at least go to Campsite sixty. Super easy hike, um, not far. You you will get away from people as long as you don't go on a holiday weekend. Um, you know if you can go further and get up to Bryson Place or the Poke Patch, something like that. Um, it's just a really pretty creek. Uh, it stays a good size all the way up to to the two forks where it splits. Um, so it's very fishable. And then once you even get where the fork split, the right fork, which is what the trail stays with is fishable for quite a ways. Um, the left fork, I've never fished that. Apparently it's a lot of bushwhacking. So that's probably something that's not for the faint of heart. Um, if you really want to do that, I actually saw something today where somebody puts a bag over their net so they can go bushwhack. So, cause if you ever get your net caught in a roto, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, deep Creek's pretty special. Um, honestly, if you're, if you're a real trooper, you can hike the entire trail and fish for a few hours during the summer when the days are long, probably get four or five hours of fishing in and hike from the top down and see the whole Creek for the most part. And like I said, fish for four or five hours and you'll be tired. It's, it's a, it's a haul. Um, especially that's that last little hump coming over from campsite 60 that, that always kicks my butt the times I've done it because it's cause you're tired and you know, you spent. 12 hours and now you're like, I only got like five miles left. I can do this. Um, so, uh, that it's a great Creek to experience. If you can do horses, it's a great one to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, come see it. That's all you can do. It's got waterfalls. The lower sections got the, 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 one of them is only on deep Creek, technically Tom branch, but you got Indian Creek, which is like, I don't know, a hundred yards up off of deep Creek that fall. And then you got Junie wink. Um, so that's in a little loop. If somebody just wants to hike while you're fishing the lower end, um, that's a pu- beautiful little, I don't know, maybe two, two and a half mile hike to see all three waterfalls and you can fish some while you're there. So picnic areas there, you know, all that good stuff there. There's a campground so you could camp down low and just walk up and fish a couple days. Or if you want to go to a backcountry campsite, so beautiful section, um, goes right into Bryson city. So during the summer, you get some of those uh, DH stockers looking for that cool water. They'll swim up in there. So it kind of extends that DH season into the park a little bit. So, yeah, not, not, not much else you can say other than go fish it. You yeah. know, Just in the summertime, know you're going to have the inner tubers, and they that's cannot right, yeah. go above Indian Creek. That's right. So that's their limit as far as going up. But they will tube from there all the way down past the picnic area. Um, however – that stretch holds some amazing fish. Yes, it does. I have fished it with it full of inner tubes and caught some amazing rainbows and browns. And a couple of the uh, the stream reports last summer, before we opened the Bryson City Shop, I was in that particular stretch kind of hole hopping. Um, there's some really good fish in there. Deep Creek is a, I don't want to say a sleepy fishery, but it's got some, it's got some fish that will uh, just catch you Oh, yeah, surprise they, they definitely are the surprise fish. They, um, yes. you know, I get a lot of folks that come in and they're like, man, I fished it. I just don't like it. I can't catch it. You got to learn it and you got to know where, if you want to be efficient at it, it's, you got to go spend your time. And I think that's with a lot of the creeks, creeks in the park is the more time you spend on that particular Creek, you'll learn where the fish sit. And then, you know, like don't waste your time here, you know, move up. Don't waste your time there. Now, don't get me wrong. If you went through that section and hit every little pocket behind, would you be catching some of those three and four inch? Absolutely. But if you're looking for, hey, I want to catch some quality fish in the park. And when we say quality fish in the park, I'd say anything 12 inches and bigger is what we would consider a quality fish. So if you're in that 13, 14, 15 inch range, man, that's a good fish in the park. That's a really good fish. So, and then you, you know, go on that upper end, getting up in the twenties, you know, that's a really special fish in the park. You trophied. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, once you kind of learn the creeks in the park, um, whether it be in Catalucci or Deep Creek or the Hazel Creek, you kind of start knowing, hey, I shouldn't spend a lot of time here because I know, you know, half a mile up, there's a great stretch that I can spend four hours in and, and have some good success. So just put your time in. That's part of it. It's, it's not DH. You're not going to go out and have immediate success in the park anytime you fish it. Um, there's days where me and Shannon go that, you know, Shannon's got more days in the park than I do, obviously, because he grew up here. Uh but man, we get, we get skunked in the park. I mean, it's just part of fishing the park. You know, it's, it's, that's what makes it special is it's not easy. And then you go out there some days and it's like, holy smoke, dude, we just smoked 20 fish, like boom. 
it was it was super simple and it's like where did all these fish come from you know so that's what makes it fun is the challenge um so it's not supposed to be easy you know at least that's how i feel i don't think it's supposed to be easy you know if it was everybody do it so that's what's fun about fly fishing is it's the hardest way to catch some fish sometimes so um any other favorites uh, there's we we could talk for days <laughs> about this, and some people we, over over the period of times our conversation we we fished a lot of these places just here in the shop. Yeah, well, I will say we have some maps in the shop um, that detail the park. They're they're the nice like waterproof map. Um, it's got your you know trails, waters, all that stuff on it. Campgrounds, backcountry campsites. Uh, I think it even marks the ones that you know horses can stay in, all that type of stuff. So. We've got them in the shop. We can mail them to you. You can swing by the shop and pick one up. So if it's something that somebody wants, it's a great map to have with you. Um, even if you know the park really well, me and Shannon actually had this conversation the other day about being prepared if disaster strikes. Um, having a map with you is not a bad idea. Um, even if you've been on the trail, you just don't know. Um, how many times a year do we hear about hikers that are experienced hikers in the park They get lost? Because uh, your technology doesn't work everywhere, or your battery goes dead, or whatever, so it's not a terrible idea to be prepared. Whether it be our national park or another one, or national forest, man, have a have a hard copy map with you if you're going back in the woods. Now, if you're going a half mile from the parking lot, you're probably going to be okay. But if you're going to walk back on the trail, take a map just to be safe. It's good to have. So absolutely, I kind of echo that. I had that down as the guide tip, and. <laughs> you kind of hit on an area that we were talking about. Sorry, I forgot to flash guide tip up. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but it, we went down that path, no pun intended about the path. But what I carry with me is a map. I carry a water filtration system because I can carry that. It's, it's lighter than so carrying water. So it's like water. one of those like straws? Mm, I don't have the straw. I have the Sawyer one that's in a bag. So you pour water through it. You just, you just, get the, just dip the bag in the water, put, on, uh, put the filter on it, and you can drink. Um, okay. immediately. So there. is that like roll up is real compact? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. I carry a compass. I carry a way to start a fire. I mean, just your basic things. What would, what would I need to survive out here overnight? Yeah. Yeah. If, Be- if something happened, I mean, you could break your ankle. I was going to say mechanical injury. Yeah. Anything like that. I mean, you have to think like that. The other thing too, is you can get hypothermia in the summertime as well. Yeah. When these rain showers pop up and that's, uh, the Smokies is a very wet climate. Oh, yeah. Super, super wet climate. So you can get rained on. And just because it's raining at Deep Creek don't mean it's raining on Indian Creek. Yeah. We you have to understand that too. That's the way it is here in the mountains. But you can get hyperthermia uh hypothermia. So if you did if that happened, would you be able to build a fire? If you were going down that, would you you know, you could yeah. have fallen in, the temperature could have dropped and, and you start to get in that state. So yeah. it's just basic items out there. So I make sure I have water filtration, a map, a compass, and a way to start a fire. Yeah. I usually carry a rain jacket with me in a pack. Yep. And, of course, I got some nutrition in there as well. Yeah, throw a couple granola bars or Absolutely. something like that. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. I also carry bear spray and a small first aid kit. Yeah. And that that pretty much you know, yeah. covers it for me. Now, make sure that if you want to camp, you need to make reservations. The backcountry camping is reservation only which allows you to know how many people is at those sites. Yeah, because so they're, they're multiple tent mm-hmm. sites. That's right. Tents and hammocks. And so make sure you understand that. As far as fishing, most of the fishing in the park is going to take place in the warmer months. However, you can fish it year-round. It's a little bit more difficult this time of year, quite a bit more difficult. But as far as gear, most people are using anything from a from a 7-foot rod up to a 10-foot rod, three fours and five weights, dry flies, nymphs, uh, Small streamers, uh, dry droppers, nymphs only. You yeah. can kind of cover that. A lot of pocket water, things like that as well. Uh, you know, waders. And uh, if you want to do some backcountry stuff and cover some ground, you can do that with some wet wading when it's warmer, which is really nice. But a good quality pair of boots, such as the uh, the Orvis Approach shoe that we sell at the shop and the, the Orvis Michelin boot, uh, the comfort that it provides you, is really important. The Sims um, flyweight boot as well. Something like that that lightens the load for you, that feels more like a hiking shoe. Yeah, it's nice. That with a wet wading sock can really extend your day for you out there. Yeah. Just a little tidbit. Especially there. during the summer. Yes. There's nothing worse than sweating in waders, man. Don't wear your waders in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Do not wear your waders yeah. in the summertime. It's, it's too hot there. in the southeast to wear waders. Very, very much too hot. Yeah. Um, the water, it feels great. 
It does, yeah. It's so refreshing. It is. It will green up. We have a lot of wildflowers. Yeah, spring is beautiful in the oh, park. Oh, heavens. The wildflowers. And it's like every week there's something different. Yes. Kind of coming along. And so. that's how I kind of determine what bugs should be coming off. Yeah. It's based upon what flowers are blooming. And I do it more on color. And getting into that here, you're going to hear us say yellow sallies, yellow sallies, yellow sallies, because we have a lot of them. That, a Jim Charlie, which is a yellow mayfly, caddis. You're going to come across some stoneflies as well. And there are some old mountain patterns, um, you know. Uh, yeah. One that I'm real fond of down in Bryson City is the old uh, Adam variant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which fishes really well up Deep Creek. So a I lot thought of you were going to bring up the yellow hammer. I know. <laughs> you did. The yellow hammer. Everybody <laughs> asks us about the yellow hammer. Yeah. If you, you want to ask us about that, come in the store. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't actually use that bird, uh, the feather off that bird. Yeah, you're not allowed to use that feather. So you anymore. have to die. I know John's been working on that. He's has been, he? He has for some time now. Don't know how it's coming, but uh, you have to dye the feather to to come up with that, so you don't get in trouble. But it is a wonderful place to come and explore. It's a great place to fish. It's a great place to become a better angler. Yeah, it's a great place to escape, and it's a great place to build some memories with your family. Ah, uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing, yeah. man. Is um, how many people have we had come in the shop that are just like, man, we've come up here for 27 years and I came when I was a kid, you know, yes. and I, I wanted to bring my family because, you know, my mom and dad used to bring, man, that's what it's about Yep, is, is come and just enjoy it. Um, teach your kids to fish or your grandkids or your nephews and nieces, whoever it is, you know, kind of pass that along, have a good time. Um, come by and say, Hey, show us some fish picks, all that good stuff. And just enjoy that. We have a national park that is this cool because it really is it's a it's a pretty cool place and it really is we're very blessed to have it in, in our backyard so. absolutely and it's um it's free to use yeah that's that it. for that's your it. campgrounds and stuff uh, it's that's, free to that's use that's a good thing to mention there's no entry fee into yep. this park so which i think we've mentioned that before on the on the podcast yep. but um that's you know you don't have to pay four five six ten bucks to get in it's completely free to go in unless you camp yep um they are, I will mention this because of COVID, um, they are, you know, requiring you to wear your masks in the visitor centers and parking lots and all that good stuff. So make sure you have a mask with you at all times while you're in the park and all that, um, you know, until, until the COVID stuff passes us by. So, uh, just be mindful of that and, and, uh, be courteous, pick up all your trash when you're in there, leave it how you found it or even better. And, and we'll be good. So, um, do you think Yogi will write somebody a ticket? Yogi, you never know. Yogi's around Yogi, there. Yogi's might be somewhere on somewhere. the trail. Oh, Yogi. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great place. I will tell you this and leave you with this. There's some really good information out there. We can't hit it all. We can maybe whet your appetite a little bit, but there's some good stuff in print. There's some good stuff online. Do your research. When it's time to go, hit us up here at the shop. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. Come and see us. We'll do our best to direct you. Understand that it rains, water goes up, water goes down, things we can't control. But if you're going to come on the premise of just fishing for, you know, four or five days, have different watersheds in mind yeah. that you can hit and be flexible. That will make your trip more successful. Be prepared for rain, things like that, and you should have a good time. That's it. Um, for sure presentation or fly which one's more important oh presentation slash drift is the most important thing in the park yeah there all those flies are present mayflies caddis stoneflies and all their nymphs and immature stages man they're always there it's just getting that good drift Mm -hmm. and not and don't spook the fish remember that yeah it's very important you know move move at a good pace but don't don't stir all the water up. Their their lateral lines, man, they can pick up stuff like crazy. So um, it's super easy to spook fish and fish a hole for an hour and think, man, there's no fish here. Well, that's because you, you messed up as soon as you put your toe in the water. You made the mistake. So, um, you know, you got to be a little stealthy up there and yeah. be smart with it. Wear darker clothing. Yes, thank you. Um, a lot of camo or, you know, olive or even a dark tan or stuff like that. You know, don't kind of leave those brighter colors at home. Um, is the best thing. Not to say that you can't catch fish with a bright shirt on, but I think it's just one of those things. Hey, yeah. Take it every advantage you can to, yeah. to watch, have a good day. Yeah, watch your shadows, all those things right yeah. there. Yeah, very good. That's where I was going with that. Just, hey, one, uh, before we get out of here, Bobby, the March Madness fly tying competition is getting ready to start. Oh, yeah. Go, yeah. 
go go like Shannon's flies. I ain't tied none yet. Yeah, talk all about that. Tell Man, everybody about it. I don't know. It. I'm I'm thinking I'm a one rounder this year. No. The category. So this year, uh the Norvice March Madness fly tying contest is expanded from a field of thirty two to a field of sixty four. Just like the basketball. It's twice as hard to win now. It is twice as hard. It is. <laughs> Some great sponsors out there, which I don't know, by the way. But uh they did draw the random draws for the brackets. And uh, Baker from the shop here is in it, and I'm in it, and it worked out that actually both of us are on the same side of the brackets. Now it's possible that we could, if we went, we could make it to. It would it, take a whole did lot. You, did you look at it close enough? If if you could meet, how far, like how many rounds it would be? Dude, we'd be like in the like in the semifinals. Oh really? I mean, it would be like Holy that. Smoke. Yeah, I mean, it would be like, mm. yeah. and it's just a random draw to the house. Oh, that'd be awesome if that yeah. happened. So uh, so look for that coming out. It's it's going to be interesting. The one thing though that they did was they said it to fly in the spirit of the competition had to be something you actually could fish with. Yeah. Um. So that will be something. There's so a lot of so great, no more hum, hummingbirds or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that's going to do that. Um, they've got different categories this year. It's going to be a random draw, and uh, that actually will kick off next week. That'll be fun. And man. so, so how do they they go to the Norvice Facebook page to do that? They will have to vote on the Norvice Facebook page. So if Baker shares his, you know, his bracket, you can't like Baker's post. You have to go to the Norvice page to like his fly. Okay. Same way as it would be so with me. So just go, go like yeah. the Facebook page from Norvice, and you'll see it pop Absolutely. up, and you can go through and pick everybody's flies from every round. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, th- I remember last year, man, there was some cool stuff. There was. You know? Absolutely. There really was. So it's yeah. some, some of them, you know, both of them are so good. It's like, man, which one do I pick? Especially right. when it's somebody you don't know, right. obviously. You're kind of like, man, which one do I get, do I want? Right. It's, they're both great flies. So. Yeah. Um, it's fun. I tell you what's interesting about this. So last year in the first round, Britt Davenport, she faced against, and I can't remember who, and I do apologize for that. Well, randomly, they're paired against each other again in the first round. <laughs> it was the only repeat and into the same round, so that drew some kind of some chuckles there as well. Um, it could be anything this year from saltwater flies to, you know, to, to pike. Well, I yeah. mean, it covers the gamut. It covers cool. the gamut. So it's, it's definitely well, it's going to fun test. for the tires, too, especially people that don't tie yes. certain flies because mm-hmm. they're like, man, now i got to learn how to tie XYZ, you right. know, whatever it may be. And it kind of makes you grow as a tire. Like last year That's when the stream I, around hit. You know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, you, you, I, I remember Shannon sitting here be, like playing with streamers, trying to figure out, oh, this is how you do this. And he yeah. tied up, a, you know, two or three that I saw before his round even came. Yeah. Just kind of messing with stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It it's, is. It's a, it is. Cool. It was a great idea that came from COVID, and it's one of those yeah. positive things that come out of a bad situation. So, yep, you absolutely. Give it thumbs up is brilliant by them to do it. So that's coming up there. So be on the lookout for that uh, coming coming your way. Do you want to knock out a fishing report since you were on the stream yeah, this weekend? Yeah, I forgot Let's, about that. Uh, Thank you for doing that, Bob. The fishing report from the guys. Got it. Absolutely. Today the weather was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been here today. <laughs> I'm hoping it's that way tomorrow. Yeah. We do have some rain coming in um, Thursday. I think we could get an inch or so of rain. Uh, but the weekend is supposed to go out of here. But it's February. I will tell you that January ended up finishing as far as temperature above average. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of where we're trending. However, it seems like on the weekends going into Mondays, we've been getting some white stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's for like, a couple of weeks now, right? Gosh, man, I feel like it's been every week since Christmas. It, it feels like that way. We get something on the weekend. It feels that way. So be prepared for that type of weather. Don't let it keep you away because the fish are still eating. That's it. Now, Saturday, uh, I did really good on a rubber-legged prince nip with that little collar around yeah. it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, Jarrett did really well with that jigged hare's ear. Got a nice, nice brown trout, man. Real nice, real nice yeah. fish there. But uh, but they're eating, you know, your basic nymphs, your favorite stonefly imitation, whether it's a rubber leg pattern or a little black stone, eggs. And if I do promote one egg, I like to promote the clown egg. 
I just like all the colors in it. I like tying that when you I see agree. me tie it. But it covers all the color spectrums for you out there. And the size we keep in the shop bins here are more truer to a size of a trout egg than some of the other stuff. That's important, too, to have something that matches that. On the streamer side of things, the Scupzillas have been working really well. Creelix. The Creelix. Uh, and also those uh, boogers. Yeah, the boogers. Man, you can't go wrong with a willy bugger. You can't go wrong. But my favorite one is the one with the silver bead. You want me to go grab one? The brown tail. I'm going to go grab one. So the olive. The olive with the grizzly hackle through it. That bugger works exceptionally well. Now, the key to these on some days is they will hit them on a dead drift or when it swings up through the water column. And then on others, they want some movement. They want some stripping action. And um, they they want you to put some put some movement into it there. So Bobby's kind of controlling the camera. But this this bugger right here, there's probably been more trout cut on this color combination than anything else that I can really So it's a little you. hard to see. I don't want to zoom the camera in and mess everything up, but it's got that kind of uh, brown tail with an olive body, and it's got the regular straight-up grizzly hackle with yep. a silver bead. Yep. So it's a very unique bugger, and yep. it works great. It works fantastic. It's it, Big, it Biggest does. fish I ever caught on the Davidson River was on that. Yeah, it it, it works. It, it works. Um, so, and then on the dry flies, keep in mind that we're actually, we're starting to see some blue quills come off. We're seeing some blanket hatches uh, up on the Caney Fork area. Um, some of the places inside the Smokies there, Bobby, as well. But these are kind of tend to be on the smaller. You're looking at some, um, some size 16s on these guys here. If you're tying some stuff up, and I told Marvin Cash this last night, what I like to do is just take a little bit of blue done for the tail. I'll take a peacock uh, hurl. I'll just use an eraser and just strip the the barbules off, wrap that as my body, and put a little bit of light blue done hackle, and I go. I don't even worry about putting wings on those things. Yeah, That's just a waste of time unless you're in a competition coming up. Like, yeah, yeah I'll put yeah. on some pretty <laughs> wings. It didn't work anyway. Shane is going to be tying yeah. some wings. But, uh, but that – Keep that in there. We always think of blooming olives, but these other flies are starting to show themselves. The caddis, your uh, midges, such as things as a griffin's gnat. Once again, if you're tying your own flies, which a lot of you do, instead of tying a griffin's gnat, use some olive thread for your body and just take you a light blend, uh, light done hackle and just run it through their palm right through it, and there you go. You can tie those in 16s and 18s and 20s. The bigger, like, 16s is going to lo- look like a midge cluster when you see them all swimming all together, you know, like that. Yeah. It, it works. It's, it's simple tie. It's a quick tie. So those will work as well. And uh, I'm long-term forecast in February. Of course, we know things can change, but it looks like February is going to be kind of up and down, but yet there's some mild days in there too, and, yeah. which will make it worth your while to get here and, and fish. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good, man. Come check it out. Yeah. Spring's coming. Park's going to be alive. Spring's coming. DH is going to be on fire. Yeah. And they start so, stocking that next month. It's going to be good. It's coming. So if you do want to book, speaking of that, you know, we, we, we're getting about every day. People are booking trips. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of holding off, you need to get with your buddies, get your dates set. I have a feeling this spring's going to be busy. I not think just so. for Not just for trout fishing, but in general up just here. overall. So. Even just like your hotel rooms Lodging. and stuff like that, you Absolutely. need to go ahead and get that stuff buttoned up. I think, yes. uh, I think this spring, especially if you know we see the the downfall of COVID and and the vaccine and stuff, people are going to explode out of their houses. I think so. to do stuff. So it's looking um, like that, I'd, I'd get prepping and planning for all that good fun stuff. So absolutely cool beans, man. Well, let's go sh- eat. Let's go eat. Be sure to check in next week with us as we have the guys from Good Buddy Fly Fishing there and. Um, We appreciate everybody for listening. Absolutely. That wraps up another exciting and informative episode of the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon presented by Tuckasegee Fly Shop and Guide Service located at 3 Depot Street, Bryson City, North Carolina and 530 West Main Street, Silver, North Carolina. Be sure to visit www.tuckflyshop.com for streamflow information, book a guided trip, or even shop for your favorite Tuckasegee Fly Shop gear. Follow the crew 
on Facebook at Tuckasegee Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and on YouTube at Tuckasegee Fly Shop. If you have a question or comment, feel free to send those to info at tuckflyshop.com or give us a call 1-828-488-3333. For Coach Dell Diesel Collins, Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett, I'm Shannon Big Mess Messer. We'll catch you next week. Be sure to catch a few fish out there, won't you? Y'all take care.